BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to a new day, a new week here on Bet the Edge on this Monday, May 16th. As always, thanks to those of you watching on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. He is Drew Dinsick, the Whale Capper. I'm your host, Sarah Perlman. And coming up on today's episode, it is the final week of the Premier League season, and the two Robbies are here to help us break down critical matches and discuss where teams will finish in the table. And Corey Parson will also join us to handicap the conference finals in the NBA as well as discuss where he sees value in the NFL MVP market. And of course, our edge of the day to wrap it up. All that's coming up here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Drew, we got to talk a little NBA to start off the show. And we're going to begin, we're going to begin with the Celtics and the Bucks. Let's, let's break down this game. Good morning, happy Monday. Uh, Celtics, <laughs> they win. It's a tough Monday. They win in game seven. Um, closed around five-point favorites. They cover 59% of the money line handle on yesterday's game came in on Boston. They were minus 200 to win the series in game one, which I thought was fascinating. You could have got them plus 225 to win this series after losing game five. They win the series, a Boston team that you talked about, had futures tickets on, and I think got a lot of our listeners on this Boston team to win the series game by game and also to win the Eastern Conference. So your immediate reaction to this game specifically and how we're going to attack the Celtics now moving forward. Yeah, I think uh... – that was a good, I mean, honestly, like the entire playoffs have been going tremendously well in general, betting game by game, series mm-hmm. by series until yesterday at about 8 p.m. Eastern, it all went sideways. Um, but the Celtics, no, the Celtics game was glorious. Like it was exactly the way you expect a game seven to go in the NBA, uh, super slow, low scoring first half. The Celtics finally find a little bit of form to start the second quarter there. They get a, an outstanding performance from Grant Williams, you know, and it was, it, you know, game sevens usually take that uh, like some, some random, uh, role player really steps up and thrives in his, uh, you know, with his opportunities. And yesterday it was Grant Williams. And uh, the Celtics are just a good, complete, deep team. And the Bucks were a team with a lot of flaws and a lot of streaky shooters around, you know, the best player in the league and Giannis Attendacumpo. So it's not crazy that the Celtics advance at all. Uh, we, you mentioned it, we caught the low point on uh, series price for them for that series, which was awesome. Um, so that was a great, uh, great win. Yeah, all, all of our, Every opportunity, you know, I, I wait for game sevens with bated breath because you can just basically blind fire into the first half and full game unders. Um, and it's just, just such a solid edge. It's just, you know, there, there's just no way to truly capture how much of an impact the game seven pace has on these totals. So um, that was fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, Celtics move on. I will tell you that the series price for Celtics heat is absolutely nonsense. Like there's, it's, 
way, you, way, way tilted in favor of the Celtics. Like, yes, I was surprised to see the Celtics open as such big favorites on the series price. And we will get into that later with Corey Parson. But um, the series price, I think Celtics are minus 180. Heat are plus 145, if I'm correct. Two different styles, certainly of play and the bench and the depth, I think, would go to the Celtics. We'll, we'll break that down later in the show and throughout the week and how we should attack that. Um, but let's just look back on one more game seven yesterday. There's no way other than saying it was atrocious on all fronts. Mavericks yeah. take care of business, crush the Suns early and often. There was no chance for the Phoenix Suns to come back in that game. 46% of the spread handle uh, and only 17% of the 17% rather money line handle came in on Dallas. Uh, Phoenix Suns were favored at home, could not stop Luka Doncic, could not get anything going offensively nor defensively. Take care of business. It's tough. You were a Suns backer. I was dreading talking about this game. <laughs> but from an outside perspective and not being invested, I mean, is there any way you looked at Dallas and thought, wow, they're by far and large the better team throughout the series? Or was it really the Suns were not good and did not perform well? Uh, boy, I'm fine giving the Dallas credit like they never were priced fairly in that series. Like it always should have been priced a little bit closer. You could have um, got them 10 to 1 to win the series when they were down 2-0. Yeah, I sure felt like Suns and four at that moment. Um, mm -hmm. But you know the uh, yeah, Luca uh, was always was always going to be the best player on the floor, and that's that's an important thing. That's a dangerous thing in the playoffs. We know this from years and years that you know singular player, you know spe specifically a player who's you know basically the offense runs through him. Uh, you know, a player like that can go nuclear. And honestly, like I was ready for that. Like heading into Game Seven, I was like, you know what? Like mm -hmm. Luke is the best player on the floor and the and the Mavericks win, so be it. I was not ready for the degree to which the Suns utterly no-showed. Very surprising effort from a team that had been so killer throughout the regular season. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, I'm still searching for answers as to how they could have come out that flat and had put up that awful of a performance. Uh, you know, you mm -hmm. literally every single player that mattered had, uh, you know, a, a first to you know, fifth percentile game, like right. their worst game of the season. Um, that was the worst Suns game I saw all season, and I think I saw almost every game. That was the worst closeout effort from a true contender that I've ever seen in a game seven. Um, you know, I think the, the only other one that that really brought to mind was if you remember when the Clippers were in the bubble and they were clearly the better team than the Nuggets and like favored by 10 and like had absolutely no business losing that series. That was the same Stop kind that. of. Yeah. Like inevitability, like, well, we know we're going to lose. We're just going to, you know, everybody kind of throwing up their hands at the same time. That's the way it felt. Um, and uh, honestly, it just made for a really lousy way to end the season. And, you know, for what was otherwise a super successful year back in the Suns in general, you know, just went completely sideways. And uh, yeah, that one's going to hurt for a while. Yeah, that one sucked on all accounts. No way of getting around. That, especially as a Suns backer, I know you were and you were spot on about them all season. But nonetheless, we look forward now to the conference finals. We have the Mavericks plus 185 series price. Warriors are favored minus 225. And again, we'll get to that in a few moments with Corey Parson. But now we're going to have to handicap the conference finals with teams we did not expect to see, I think, in the Western Conference, especially with Dallas. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Cardinals and Pirates in Pittsburgh on Sunday, May 22nd at 1130 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on the game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest.
All right, we're going to switch up the vibes. We're sad about the Suns, but now we welcome in two <laughs> awesome guests, and we're pleased to welcome in both Robbie Earl and Robbie Musto. And guys, thanks so much for taking the time. Musto, I'll start with you. I want to hear about your experience at the Kentucky Derby. You guys were there, did your Premier League show there, got to watch the horses race and the Derby all together. What did you think? How was it? Well, it felt, it certainly felt like a special occasion. Let me say that. I mean, with the amount of games going on in the day, the Saturday there, we were on our little set right by the paddock all day. And actually, we had to race off um, the halftime of the last game to get back and fly to Stanford to do Sunday's show. So unfortunately, not like my friend to my right here, um, he he is he was free to go and have some fun and some mint juleps, et cetera, et cetera. But um, no, wonderful kind of bucket list experience. Shame we didn't get to see a little bit more of the racing, but the outfits and the hats. I mean, we had hats ourselves, but just and, and like around our set, which is kind of elevated. So we had a great view of everybody. And it always, I'm sure Earl will back me up here. It always kind of shocks us a little bit of how popular the Premier League is in different kind of walks of life. We did the Super Bowl back in February, loads of Premier League kind of team scarfs around the place. Similar vibe here. Lots of people coming over saying hi, you know, loving the league, loving the show. So that's always kind of warming to know that the Premier League is growing in all different kind of areas in the country. Oh, that's fantastic. And I cut, you know, the hospitality too of the people in oh. Kentucky is pretty awesome. They were extremely, extremely nice. I have to say that I, I was slightly more fortunate that I didn't have to shoot back for the show. So <laughs> for the purposes of the podcast, I'll just say I enjoyed my time. And, and <laughs> we, if we can leave it there, that was probably a good thing. But um, I think as, as Musty says, one of the biggest things that, that's starting to happen for us that, you know, we go to a Super Bowl, we do our show from there. We go in to watch a Super Bowl and we were inundated with people who are not only NFL fans, but, but Premier League fans and want to tell us about their team and their experience and what they want to go to England to watch a game. And the same thing very much happened in Louisville where, um, you know, there was Tottenham fans, there was Liverpool fans, there were Man United fans, there were Chelsea fans who wanted to, to connect with us. You know, they're racing fans, they live in Louisville, most of them, but they, they wanted to, to, um, to tell us how big a part that the Premier League played in their life. And I actually was asked by the Louisville Spurs. There was, there was a gentleman there who had a Louisville Spurs scarf and asked me if there's any way I could get it on TV. So I sort of <laughs> got it out there for him. Uh, and I've been told I've got free bourbon for life now. Ah, oh, yes. In Louisville. So um, it was just a great day, another great occasion. And as, as uh, Robbie Musto says, just um, an understanding of how big the, the, the Premier League is growing across the States. Just one one thing to tell you guys, I, I did lose $20 to Tim Howard because we both had to fly back. We got to the airport, got our flight, and the race, uh, uh, we just got to see the race before we jumped on the flight. And I had summer is tomorrow. That was kind of my, my pick because I had a random link to it. The jockey was named Barcelona, like a football club. Uh, of course, it gets out, and I had $20 with Tim. I can't remember what his one was, but I'll tell you as the story goes on. Um, of course, we're twenty dollars. Like, let's see who finishes higher, mine or yours. So, of course, summer's tomorrow. Flies out the the trap and is leading the thing, and then, of course, slowly moves back. And Tim's, we're like, well, where's Tim's? Tim's had a had a, had a like a, a, a square on it, black shirt. Um, so, of course, they were nowhere near the front. And I get on the plane thinking, well, who finished higher? And of course, I get I get the list up, and I'm scrolling down on my phone the list of the finishers. <laughs> I get the third <laughs> bottom was Tim Howard's, and last place was Summer is Tomorrow. So I reluctantly handed over the $20 and we had two pathetic picks, but it was fun. Not as much fun as Earl, but we still had, we had a bit of fun on the plane on the way back. 
Yeah, that was a unique race. Uh, summer is tomorrow. Um, he cooked hot the start. pace. Yeah, yeah hot start. Hot um, start. Right. Way, summer is tomorrow. Just going back to the race itself, I mean, that jockey, that horse, that run was like, I think in football terms, that was Leicester City winning the Premier League. It was like, yeah. Even, but even crazier, I think, somehow. Yeah. yeah. It was even crazier than Leicester City. Wow. Well, Leicester City was a, in, it was. a monumental price. Yeah. But at least but, Leicester uh... City was in the Premier League. Like the horse wasn't even in the league in the race until yeah, later. That's, in the day. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, speaking of the Premier League, um, the I'm I'm sitting here now. I need to get some winners uh, to help uh, uh, kind of uh, – you know, assuage, assuage the uh, Suns yeah. yesterday. Uh, and I'm holding an Arsenal to finish top four at six to one. And I'm getting nervous because that last performance okay. against Tottenham was really, really, really suspect from Arsenal. Um, they've been getting bet today. This Arsenal price for them to win against Newcastle is now up to minus 141. Um, as a, as a, you know, someone who covers the league, yeah. as a Gunners fan, am I in trouble today? Uh, well, I don't think you are. But I tell you, as soon as you start saying like we need to get some <laughs> some bets that come up, I mean it's just so tight. Everything's so tight from the, the title champions to top four to relegation. I'm sticking with Arsenal as well. I, I know that point. You know they've got two games, of course, to play. So if they win both of them, they finish top four. Very very difficult Newcastle away. So tonight's game is probably going to be the key to it. Uh, in the last game, they've got Everton at home. Everton are fighting themselves. So it's it's very very tight. I'm sticking with Arsenal, um, but again, like with the injuries they've got, they've bounced back before from bad uh, results, performances. Mikel Arteta, I don't think, spoke particularly well after the game, blaming the referee for everything. It was like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. um, but I think he can get back on track and they can get the job done today. But I, pff, it's going to be super tight and nerve-wracking for all Gunners fans. Yeah, so right now Arsenal, as Drew said, minus 141, and it does seem like you like them to finish in the top four there. But what about your thoughts, Rob Earl, on this game specifically yeah. with Newcastle not playing for much and, you know, Arsenal no, playing for something? It's really interesting that, you know, Newcastle not playing for much, but Newcastle have a set of players who some will be playing for their Newcastle futures because there's big money going in there. They've got a manager who's desperate to impress his new owners and get money to, so that they're fighting maybe for a Champions League spot in the near future. So it's not going to be a Newcastle team that doesn't turn up, that has no incentive. I don't think that's the case. What I would say for Arsenal, I'm not sure if it's great news having been a Suns fan and then you're an Arsenal fan waiting for a game today is. Arsenal have a, put, a point ahead of Spurs and have got two games to win. If they win their two games, they're, they're playing Champions League football. That is fact. Yet it somehow feels that Spurs have the momentum based on a North London derby that they win. They're still a point behind, but with Conte and a team playing well uh, and, and games to play, you just feel as though Spurs are going to win all their games. So I'm just a little concerned that Arsenal aren't saying, OK, we've lost a North London derby, that's OK, but we can win a Champions League spot. I want positivity. I want positivity from the fans. I want positivity from the uh, from the football team. And I want positivity from the manager. It's ours at the moment. We're in charge of it. Please give me positivity, Arsenal. I love that. Well, here's a positive note for you if you're an Arsenal fan. Have not lost to Newcastle since 2018. Uh, so they have had some, you know, a pretty good head-to-head -head record mm -hmm. uh, in recent years taking care of business against these guys. Mm -hmm. So 
Arsenal, let's get the win. And then, uh, yeah, hold home, hold, uh, hold, uh, you know, hold on at home and uh, punch your ticket for a top four spot. Um, the uh, relegation battle is also absolutely fascinating right now. Uh, I took a little nibble of leads to be relegated because of how poor their form was. Um, and then they come up with a tie, you know, a draw yesterday and get a yeah. point. Uh, and now, uh, you know, again, sweating this between Leeds, Burnley and Everton in terms of relegation here. Um, what is, uh, you know, is there anything to be concerned about Leeds potentially stealing more points or uh, is this a matter of uh, they're going to get relegated? It's just a matter of when. Well, no, nothing's for sure. And, and that's why we, we're loving this season. We're loving the finale because it's very, very super tight. I watched a lot of that game. This game was going on at the same time yesterday and I watched Brighton versus Leeds. It was at Leeds, of course. You expect Leeds to be pushing and, and creating stuff. They did nothing, particularly in the first half. They looked, they looked out. They looked spent. They looked awful. And then all of a sudden, of course, you see the late goal go in the equalizing goal that gives them an important point. I think, Drew, you're in good shape. I think okay. Leeds still have got work to do. I think the others, you know, we've seen already that they can pull a result out. Leeds haven't shown us that for a little while. Um, but I still worry most about, I think Everton are going to be okay. I think they'll find a way. Their support has been incredible to try and pull their team to safety. Um, big setback in the last game, of course, this weekend. But I think where they are on the league table right now, they're going to be okay. But Burnley, I still, I still, I tipped Burnley back at Christmas to get relegated. And of course, you have the manager change and everything else. So I'm sticking with them. I don't going to keep changing my picks. So I think it's between Burnley and Leeds. I mean, it could go either way. Who can pull a result out? The Leeds fans uh, are incredible. The Burnley new coaching staff have done a great job as well. So incredibly, incredibly tight. I'm sticking with Burnley. But Drew, with Leeds, they're, they're up against it as well. Yeah, the joke was if it bleeds, it's Leeds. Uh, and that was, uh, that was why I ended up taking them to get relegated. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, you mentioned it. 90, a 90-plus-2 equalizer from Leeds to give them the yes. one point. And honestly, like if Burnley, we need Burnley to get a draw now to, to avoid relegation because the goal differential is way, 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 way worse yeah. for Leeds. So, yeah. um, you know, draw or a win in their final two matches and, uh, and Burnley comes through. Um, you mentioned about how sort of the worldwide fan fandom for soccer always impresses you. Um, well, the biggest uh, sporting event in, you know, it on the calendar year will be the UCL final in terms of viewership, in terms of fan interest. And um, we have Real Madrid sneaking in against a Liverpool squad that has done nothing but impress down the home stretch. It's not just in champions league, but at all levels uh, of competition. Uh, do you think that uh, it's fair to see this type of lopsided market for Liverpool to lift the trophy when all Real Madrid has done is figure out ways to win? Yeah, you, you look at Real Madrid and you, you know about the history. Um, if you look at Real Madrid's results through this campaign, mm -hmm. they shouldn't even be in the final. I don't know how they're still living. It's like you, you, you drive a stake through the hall, you look back and they still get up and keep coming back after you. But that said... Liverpool are the mentality monsters, uh, according to Jurgen Klopp. What does that mean? Well, I was, I was trying to define it to a friend the other day, and it doesn't mean you've got extra skill or extra energy. Or It's, it's an X factor. It's something that comes between a group. It's a culture about winning and knowing how to get through tough times. And this is unfinished business for Liverpool, who, who lost to Real Madrid, and Mo Salah got an injury early on in the game and came off in tears. So I just feel if they can get the players fit... I'm not sure they'll win the Premier League. I don't think City will slip up on that last day, so they may not win that trophy. And I think the treble for this team will be what Jurgen Klopp has determined for. 
uh, and I can see him lifting, lifting the big trophy on the big day. Yeah, sorry, I'll just follow up there, Sarah. Oh. Just like it's still, it's still hard to imagine Real Madrid in the Champions League final that don't get that you know can't manage to get it done. And and Liverpool, you know, Liverpool fans, Rob, will still believe they can do it. They'll still yeah. believe that Man City on the last day of the season. A home against Aston Villa, a very dangerous side. They could draw that game. And Liverpool, as long as they win their two remaining league games, can win the title as well. We could be looking at a, a game for the quadruple, which has never been done, as far as I know, uh, in English football. I think Celtic, by the way. I think Celtic, Rob, somebody told me the other day, Celtic, uh, Glasgow Celtic uh, won all competitions in 1967. Um, he said, you know, you make sure you mention Celtic when you talk about this quadruple. Um, but, but back to the final, I mean... I think it's going to be incredibly tight, incredibly tight. Liverpool will have a week to prepare, get their best players back fit and available again. And you've got to think Mo Salah after that final a few years ago where he got pulled down by Sergio Ramos and injured badly his shoulder. He's already said that it's, it's about kind of revenge for him. So incredible game of football. And I would just go with Liverpool with that manager, with this team. I just think they're a little better than Real Madrid. I side with you. I also like Liverpool. They're minus 106 right now, the draw and regulation plus 260. And you can get Real plus 260, of course, that's Saturday, May 28th. I was surprised to see the betting community back Real Madrid here, but I think it's, yeah. it's over 55% of the handle. Just they made it here. It's pretty shocking. Yeah. Ride with the team that somehow made it to the finals taking on Liverpool. I expect a big game from Salah, and I look forward to watching you guys the rest of the season. It's been long, but incredible <laughs> watching you guys on NBC. Thank you so much for the time to both Robbies. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Drew. You can follow the Two Robbies podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch every episode on YouTube. Both Errol and Mesto release two episodes every week, recapping the key storylines from every Premier League round of fixtures, as well as the Champions League. You can also catch them every weekend on NBC Sports coverage of the Premier League in the studio with Rebecca Lowe and Tim Howard. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sports book partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts, all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania, 
Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, www.pointsbet.com slash terms dash and dash conditions. Now, just a reminder, by the way, um, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free, super easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs, Premier League on the PGA Tour, and NASCAR circuit. Love talking a little soccer. Good game today, 3 p.m. Eastern. Hoping for your gunners to get it done. Okay, but we're going to go back to the NBA. And for that, we have our guy Corey Parson standing by as we look ahead to the Eastern Conference Finals. Corey, first off, you have the best hat in the game today, and I know I never want to not compliment your style as we jump on air. So, No doubt. Thanks a lot. I wore my uh, going fishing hat today so I can be like the Phoenix Suns going fishing. And also I was wondering – are the two Robbies contractually obligated to do their guest spots together? Or can you get like one Robbie one day and another Robbie? The I next think day? you can definitely get one, but the combination so much better. I also want to listen to those accents all day long. And now I'm upset. None of us have a cool accent, but oh. you got the hack going on. Now, Corey, let's get into the Eastern Conference Finals. That's where I want to begin. And then we'll talk about your Dallas Mavericks. The Celtics are minus 180. No idea why. Drew feels the same. We talked about it at the top of this show. The Miami Heat. Catching a good series price here, plus 145. Celtics look incredible throughout the series and really particularly in game seven against the Bucks. What are you feeling about this series price? And if it's not the series price, how are you attacking game one? So the series price is nothing that I would buy into right now. I would want to see if um, the Miami Heat uh, get off to a poor start and then or if, or if the Boston gets off to a poor start and kind of see how it plays after those first two games. Here's the thing, right? I haven't, like, watched uh, a lot of Miami Heat basketball this year. I've seen them watched everybody else. What I find interesting, though, is the Heat are basically the same team, except as last year when they got swept in the first round, except you have Kyle Lowry on the team this year. But then again, Kyle Lowry doesn't really play. So I'm kind of worried that this could be a quick series for the Boston Celtics mm -hmm. um, because if Lowry is not healthy and ready to go, Miami is basically the same team as they were last year unless you equate last season with them being tired coming out of the bubble. You could argue that they're the same team that beat the, uh, the Celtics convincingly in the, uh, in the Eastern bubble. conference finals in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, you know, same squad. Um, and honestly, uh, well, I, I'm still interested to see if the heat, uh, kind of employed the zone defensive scheme that really got the worst out of the Boston offense. Um, but uh, terrible game one spot for Boston. You get a one day rest after a game seven that was that intense against the Bucks. Uh, you got to go to Miami uh, and play a team with that's on more rest and is only laying two points. Uh, I think if you have eyes to bet the Celtics in this series, you're better off waiting for after the game one result. That's sort of the read I got. And especially because what's 
especially weird about this market, seeing the Celtics at minus 180 to win the series, but they're two-point dogs in the in first game, one. Yeah. game. Like, they should be two-point dogs. In fact, I'm going to almost certainly be on the Heat tomorrow. Um, but uh, I'm going to be curious, keeping an eye yeah. on the series prices. Yes, during the course of the series, don't get me wrong. But leading up to tip-off tomorrow, I think people just feel so positive about the Celtics and what they did, especially in Game 7, watching Jason Tatum. Maybe they're protecting the Celtics in the futures market. But as we get closer to tip off and a lot of your friends that heavily bet the NBA, not only will I be curious to see if he closes only two point favorites, but also how the, the, the series prices maybe balance out a little bit. Who has the better coach in this series? It's probably I, I, I would say Spolstra is the champion. I think so. But, but Eme doing an excellent job for a first year head coach. Oh, yeah. Ultimately, I think decision making for him as a first year head coach is going to be what undoes the Celtics. But if it, it hasn't happened, Dunleavy's a champion. It hasn't happened in the first round. Well, Steve Nash got terribly outcoached. But um, they they did – I mean, not Dunleavy. Budenholzer, champion, knocked, on, knocked them off. Now you get Spolstra. Can he knock off another champion coach in his first season? I think it's very interesting and could be a, a, a um one of the things that, that tipped this series. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that there's going to be some pretty serious action on the heat in into game one. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I think uh, if I, yeah, I just don't know who's laying the Celtics price. Now you're better off. Just if you like the Celtics series price now, you're better off just betting them. Bro, I have to ask you game. before we, yeah. before we move on, you have, yeah. you have good prices on both Miami and Boston. Are you just sitting pretty and watching this play out? Or are you going to get involved? Oh, I got, I got a, I've dug myself a nice little hole in the month of May. So I gotta, uh, you know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta win some, I gotta win some more game bets on this series and you know game by game and series prices here. So almost certainly gonna bet the Heat in round one, uh, and then probably double down with some Celtics series prices if we can get them in plus money range. Okay. How about the West, Corey? Your Mavericks uh, were incredible yesterday. Really, just incredible this whole playoffs to this point. Um, you know, just awesome efforts from a lot of the role players, which is what it takes when the going gets tough this time of year in the playoffs. And um, I personally still think the Warriors are pretty broadly overrated, not just in this series price, but in game one, laying five at home. Um, you know, do you think the Mavericks can carry the momentum of uh, the semifinal win over the Suns into uh, a Western Conference title? Yeah, I think the Mavericks are going to win the Western Conference, you know, from January 1st. Like I've mentioned several times, from January 1st, the only team to have a better record have been the Boston Celtics and the Phoenix Suns. Mm -hmm. And Phoenix is gone now. So you look at that. Now, when you look at the situation with the Golden State Warriors, it kind of all ties in to how I'm going to handicap and win a ton of money on this series. Because <laughs> if you look at it, right, on Christmas Day, the Warriors were like 25 and 6, something crazy like that. Since then... They've only played four games over 500. Now you come to the playoffs. They rest their starters. They get them prepared. They come out and they smack the Denver Nuggets. And then you go on to Memphis. Game one, they played excellent. Game three, they played excellent. So what I've noticed is the Golden State Warriors play better when they rest longer. So if they're well rested, they're a tough team. But once you get into a series and they're playing every other night, that's when it's easy to beat them. You look at Memphis. If Memphis outplayed them, in my opinion. So if Memphis would have had Ja down the stretch, I think they win the series. Mm -hmm. Now with Dallas, 
you got a, a team that is excellent defensively, and they knock down a ton of threes. Golden State's going to struggle with this team. I think Golden State wins game one because they have the long rest, and then I think the Mavericks win the next four games. I like Dallas in five. You're going to have to look at some series and well, futures prices, which I'm, I'm sure you have in your pocket, Luca. NBA champion MVP market yep. because what he's done throughout the playoffs, specifically in that last series against the Suns, double double in all but one game in the last seven game series against Phoenix. He's been amazing. Dallas also has played Golden State extremely well during the regular season, three and uh, three and one straight up and against the number against the Warriors. So it's going to be game by game, but I also think Mavericks plus 185 looks like a good. A good price. Uh, I would wait till after game one. I think the Warriors win game one. At home. Would... Well, Dallas is a lot better at home, but they just proved what they could do in Phoenix on the road as well. And Golden State, I mean, the Chase Center is not Oracle. I don't think it's no big home court advantage there for the Golden State Warriors. I think okay. this is a different environment. Um, Right now on points bet, Dallas in five is 14 to one. I'm not saying put the mortgage on it, but I'm also not saying, you know, to just put $2 on it. Like, I think you want to hit that. You want to hit Dallas to win the series. You want to catch Luca at the good finals MVP price right now. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm, you know, you know listen. And I'm, you have I'm, a ticket on, you You have a ticket on, on the Mavs, something that you've got, got a long on the time Mavericks on the, to win the West. Mm-hmm. And I have a ticket on Dallas-Boston NBA finals. Wow. All right. Well, you're sitting pretty and I'm wishing you the best of luck. 68% of the handle for the series coming in on the Golden State Warriors. We'll see how that shifts as we get closer. I understand why people think Golden State is this good, like, but I, I don't get it. I think you look at a vintage yeah, I think players so. there and you think those they're going to run it back. Legs, those Draymond Green, look at Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson is not the player he was in 2015. He's not. I'm going to see how these series prices adjust as we get closer to game one and after game one in San Francisco. I do want to talk about the NFL a little bit. Drew and I did a show on Friday, broke down our opinions with the NFL win total, MVP market, what have you. But I'm curious to pick your brain. We saw the schedule release on Thursday night. And now on Monday, a lot of people have started betting into these markets. Um, Has anything caught your eye as we look at either win total, MVP, whatever it is? Uh, The MVP, um, I think it looks um, interesting this year. Like, you a lot, a lot of people betting into Justin Herbert to win the award this year. And here's the thing. It's like, you like Justin Herbert to win the award. And I get it. It's a fantastic young quarterback, but are they going to win that division? Are they going to make the playoffs? Do we have four AFC West teams going to the playoffs? And if so, if you look at the odds, all of them are minus money to make the playoffs, except the Raiders. I would dare say, the Raiders are the best team in the division. So I would go Derek Carr ahead of Justin Herbert as an MVP candidate. Um, Obviously, Josh Allen is going to be heavily bet and and for good reasons. So I look at those two. And you're loving the Raiders this season, clearly, then, if I just heard you correctly. (laughs) I mean, I think they're, they're the team that's being slept on in the AFC West, but I don't think they should be. I think we've seen the Raiders do it before. Okay, Russell Wilson, okay, he's another big MVP uh, favorite coming into the season. I can get that, but, you know, let's see what that Denver team looks like. It's all Everything there is brand new. The Raiders have a new head coach as well, but you get Devontae Adams out there. You get, you know, Josh McDaniels out there, Derek Carr, a veteran. So I feel good about them. But when you look at the AFC, I think people are forgetting about the New England Patriots. And right now, what's Mac Jones, 25 to 1? 
to win the MVP, I would hammer that. Oh, you can get a 66 to one really? on Jones right now. Yeah, yeah that's, that's my friends at PointsBet are going to write you a 66 to one on Mac. Uh, they'll also write you a 30 to one on Derek Carr. And for what it's worth, the player who threw to Devonte Adams won the last two MVPs. Yeah, that's that's he, he and nobody's betting him. So here's the thing that's so crazy to me with these MVP markets, right? I talked to the people at PointsBet last week, right, and I was like, okay, break the. I got to break down to the numbers, and you have more people betting Trey Lance to win the MVP than betting Tom Brady. We don't even know if Trey Lance can play. It was multiple times last year in the playoffs where the 49ers had short yardage and, and they couldn't convert, and Trey Lance couldn't even get in the game. I'm telling you, not drafting Mac Jones at third overall last year is going to haunt the 49ers organization. Okay. Trey well, Lance is 50-1, uh, to one. Mac Jones 66-1 to one right now. Your points bet guys are uh, they're giving you an advantage price there by bet count at points bet. Josh Allen seven to one most bet for MVP. I can make a case for that. I think that's a fair price. Russell Wilson 13 to one. They're in Denver. Russell Wilson MVP caliber player for his career. Third most bet Deshaun Watson. We have no idea if he'll be suspended. If not, he has a good team surrounding him. We'll see what he does with Cleveland. Those are the three most bet. And Here's I know a lot of people though. loving Justin Herbert as well. You could yeah. have a suspension coming for Watson. We don't know what the NFL is going to do with that yet. Okay, so say he's not suspended. I have no doubts that he could put up an MVP caliber season, but the controversy surrounding without him a doubt, without it's going to it's going to hinder him. So I really wouldn't go in on him, even mm-hmm. though I think he could be the best quarterback in the league this year. Public perception definitely matters. We saw it happen with Aaron Rodgers, though, and he ended up winning regardless. That's true, too. Something Mm -hmm. to think about. Corey's on Twitter at the Fantasy Exec. You can read more of his handicap on our website, NBCSportsEdge.com. And also, you'll check him out later in the week, co-hosting this show right now with Drew Densick. Corey, thank you. Highlights, y'all. Good times. Edge of the day is how we wrap up the show. Best bets on the board, wherever you want to go. The floor is yours, Drew. Yeah, I guess we'll stay in the NFL. I thought about doing some tennis futures, but um, all of the markets moved (laughs) correctly over the weekend. So uh, just for the record, I'm cheering for Djokovic to win the men's, and I have a lot of liability now stacked up on Iga to win the women's. Um, She's still plus money, which doesn't make any sense because – like she's so 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 far the best woman in the field that it's uh, it's outrageous at this point. Um, but yeah, Djokovic finally the market favorite on the men's side, which was uh, long overdue. Um, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't really say that there's a ton of value in either plus 100 for Ego or plus 150 for Djokovic at this point. I think those are close to correct. However, I do think um, you can take a little swing on uh, defensive rookie of the year right now if you're feeling so inclined. I think it's a three three man race. Uh, you have your three. Uh, kind of premier edge rushers coming into the league in Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and Trayvon Walker. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit on Friday, but I think that there is every realistic chance that the Detroit Lions take a meaningful step forward as a team this year. Uh, you got a very young, talented roster and, you know, overall uh, a defense that's set to take a huge step forward from what was the 20. 20- eighth-ish or bottom we'll just say bottom five defense last year looks to be substantially better this year now that they have that pass rushing threat from Aiden Hutchinson mm-hmm. um he uh he, and also honestly he gets to go up against uh the Chicago Bears he gets to go up against uh you know a, a new offensive line That's and a, a new point. uh you know a new um 
just in general, a, a weak set of offensive lines, I think, in the uh, NFC North there. So Hutchinson should pick up some, you know, should have a decent head start in terms of actually accruing counting stats on top of the Lions in general, I think, being the best or, you know, not being the most likely team to like, wow, they overachieved so much, right? And so, uh, you know, I think, it's a fun way to kind of try to capture additional value on just the lions being better than the market expects. Uh, mm -hmm. And again, because he gets to play the bears because he gets to go up against the Vikings twice this year, I think you're going to see uh, him get a little bit of head start in the sack count. So Aiden Hutchinson defensive rookie of the year, find your best price available. I think there were some six to ones out there this weekend, but uh, I like him at five to one as well. I'm going to get involved in this market. You convinced me, you got me in on the lions on Friday show something I did not think I was going to bet into. So Aiden Hutchinson, Look around five to one, as you said, kind of different prices hanging across the board. Defensive rookie of the year, him and Thibodeau are going to be the two that are heavily bet leading into this season. So I'm with you. I'm also going NFL Ravens over nine and a half wins. I'm going to try to give out as we get into the NFL season, win totals, MVP market, and my own plays as well. So I like the Ravens, not only from a fan perspective, I do like the Ravens, but as a sports better, I like their over. I see them getting to 10 or 11 wins this season, which yes, is a big number, but they have a healthy Lamar Jackson. We know J.K. Dobbins is coming back. Quite a few other starters also returning after season-ending injuries last year. But overall, they have a solid offense, and ultimately, I think they could still add another receiver before the season starts. They have a tough stretch early on, so I talked about on Friday on a good football show as well, but look at their week six through 12. They're going to play the Giants. Yes, the Browns, Saints, Panthers, Jaguars. They end up playing the Steelers twice in the final few weeks of the season. And they're really tough non-divisional games are pretty spread out where they're going to have a break, both with travel and with opponent. The Bills in week four, then they don't play the Bucks again until week eight. They don't face the Broncos till week 13, so a big gap to get things right. Their strength of schedule is very favorable. I like them not only to get double-digit wins, I like them to win the AFC North, so I'm mm -hmm. bullish on them, yes, but the Baltimore Ravens, my edge of the day, I have more win totals we'll get into as we get ready for the regular season. Oh, that's a fun one. Uh, fun way to attack that market. I do think that, already minus uh, one thirty now. These markets have been moving. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean they went eight and nine last year, and mm -hmm. they fought hard even without any of their key players down. While Lamar Jackson there, without. So. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, it's a good team. They're well coached, and they're going to be a factor. Yeah. Okay. Those are edge of the day. Already looking ahead to the NFL season. Why not? Yeah, it's minus one thirty. Shop around points by hanging. Um, that price and then Aiden Hutchinson plus 450 right now on points bet defensive rookie of the year. Those are our edges of the day. Thanks for being with us here on Bet the Edge powered by points bet. For Drew Densick, I'm Sarah Perlman, all of us here with NBC Sports Edge. Best of luck with all your bets. See you guys soon. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.